Hello, New York Giants fans. Welcome back to Everything New York Giants with New York Giants Fangirl. That's me, also known as Adriana. The Giants fall in a tough game last night to the Bills, another Sunday night football primetime game. They lost 14 to 9. And it was the first time in quite a few weeks that we actually saw some good play from this Giants football team. And I think we saw some confidence rebuilt in a lot of the players. So as usual, let's recap the game. We'll go through the three sides of the ball, starting with the offense, defense, and then ending, of course, with special teams. So let's start with the offense. Now everyone knows that Daniel Jones was injured. He has a neck injury. He was ruled out and did not play last night. So quarterback Tyrod Taylor got the start. The team did elevate Tommy DeVito from the practice squad, though he did not play a single snap last night likely a precautionary measure because as we have seen, the offensive line has been terrible. Quarterbacks, whether it's been Tyrod or Jones, have been sacked millions of times at this point in the season. And, you know, there was definitely some concerns about that moving forward. So elevating DeVito was the right thing to do. Now let's talk about another elevation that the Giants did, which was quite possibly one of their best moves so far, considering how the way the season has gone. And that was elevating guard Justin Pugh. Now, I know everyone's favorite thing about Justin Pugh so far, aside from his play last night, was the fact that when he... When they did the uh, showcasing of the offense, you know, they show every player their position, their number, and they say what college they went to. Justin Pugh, <laughs> instead of saying what college or anything, he just said Justin Pugh straight off the couch. And honestly, that was probably the best thing that he ever could have said. I know Giants fans as a, as a whole have really been missing him, and I think last night was just a big... Um, example as to why we have missed him terribly over the last few years. So welcome back to Justin Pugh. No one is more excited to have you back than Justin than Giants fans, except um, the quarterbacks might might be a little excited by that too. So let's talk about the offense. There were definitely cons concerns fair concerns about the offensive line going into this game. So they had Joshua Zudu at left tackle. Um, Justin Pugh at left guard, Bredesen center, Glowinski right, and Neil right tackle. Now, they were okay overall as a whole. Joshua Izudu leaves the game with a toe injury, and Justin Pugh gets thrown into the left tackle position. They move Glow to, I think they moved him to left guard, and they put McKeithen in at right guard. And the thing that to me was most important was that we saw as the game went on, the offensive line played better and better. And I think that's something that we've really been missing over the last couple weeks, obviously, based on the quarterback hits and the sack numbers. Now, I think we've talked about this a lot in the offseason in the beginning of the season, is that the line has been moved around so much that we haven't really gotten to see them mesh well. And I think that's been a, a big issue as to why they have not been playing well, among other reasons, that just being one of them. But, you know, last night gave me some hope that this offensive line can be not only serviceable, but maybe pretty good when we get Thomas and John Michael Schmitz back. Now, obviously we're missing two starters, which is why the line has been worse over the last few games. But Justin Pugh, 
I think him being back in revitalized the line a little bit. They finally have a little bit of veteran leadership there that's definitely really helpful. You know, we saw better play out of Evan Neal, who's been struggling beyond over the last five weeks. You know, we saw better play from Mark Lewinsky, who got benched after his awful performance week two. So, you know, I think we're starting to see a little bit of resilience in these players. We're starting to see some confidence. I mean, we'll get into it more when we talk about the defense, but I think, you know, that we're finally starting to see them string together some plays. Now, the bad news is, is that they still can't score touchdowns. They were in the red zone four times last night and not a single touchdown. So, you know, you can blame the coach, you can blame the play calling, you can blame Tyrod Taylor um, for that whole mishap at the end of the second quarter. I'm sure that everyone has seen it at this point by now, but if you haven't, basically what happened was the play call was an RPO. Tyrod decided to change the play call to a run play. He didn't realize that there were only nine seconds left on the clock at that point. It was second and goal. You know, they would have had time to run a third down play if they didn't run the ball on second down, and then maybe they could have ended up with a field goal. Listen, with this team, you can you can go what if on all of these different plays until you're blue in the face. The end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Um, they, they just can't score touchdowns. So, you know, miscommunication there. Mistake on Tyrod's part, you know, as a veteran quarterback, you know, you gotta, you have to know how much time is left on the clock. Um, and, you know, I believe that if he did know how much time was there, he wouldn't have changed the play call. He would have went for the pass option. Like I said, it is what it is. The problem with this team is that those are extremely costly mistakes. They are not good enough at this point in the season to turn around those mistakes. We saw it the whole second half. So definitely from struggles, some struggles there. You know, the, the touchdown thing is a huge concern. And, you know, we'll see if Jones comes back next week. I think that if the line continues to play like they did last night, then we will be able to see the offense move the ball better than they did last night. You know, going into this game, the Bills were a team. They were leading the NFL in sacks. And the fact that Tyrod got sacked three times for 15 yards is actually kind of impressive, all things considered. So I give a lot of credit to the line. Um, they, they were serviceable last night. And I believe that if they play like that and we get Thomas and... John Michael back that, you know, we're, we're going to have some restored faith in this offense that they can move the ball once the line does what they need to do. So Tyrod was 24 for 36 for 200 passing yards. He was sacked three times for 15 yards. Overall, you know, a pretty good game from Tyrod. Yes, he made some questionable decisions, but we did see him throw the deep ball a little bit more. You know, no one is going to argue that he is not better than Jones at reading defenses and, you know, getting to the second read and making long balls down, making long throws down the field. So, you know, he did a really great job with that. So he was still under pressure a little bit, obviously sacked three times, but overall, you know, pretty good game from Tyrod. Dable, of course, was asked today if there's any sort of quarterback controversy, and he said, no, there's not. Um, he also kind of scoffed for a minute before he answered that. You know, in my opinion, Tyrod didn't do enough for me to prove that he should all of a sudden be starting over Jones. So, you know, we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there. If the line holds up and Jonas Jones is making stupid decisions and whatever, then it's a, a different story for another day. But um, we're not there yet. So let's talk about the rushing attack. 
over 100 rushing yards, 34 carries for 132. You know, I I think that Saquon was a little bit rusty, obviously, as it played in a few weeks. I also think that the wet turf had was definitely causing problems in the run game. You know, we saw it with the Bills players, some of them slipping and stuff like that. So definitely... Um, that was a little concerning to me, but the second half we really saw, you know, the Saquon that this team has built upon and has loved for years in and years out. So, you know, I think overall a pretty good game for Saquon. I think maybe we all would have liked to see him run it uh, on the last play of the game, but, you know, it is what it is. He had 24 carries for 93 yards and his longest was 34. You know, we saw that explosiveness again that we all have been missing from Saquon. Behind him was Tyrod, five carries for 24 yards, Brita, four for 13, and Eric Gray, one for two. So overall, you know, not really a good running game. I think it's kind of frustrating to see that when, you know, you're going into a game and you know that the Bills' run defense is not very good. That was a good opportunity for the Giants to capitalize on it. I'm glad they stuck with it, especially in the second half. That's when we saw, you know, the line could actually run block and Saquon had some gaps to get through. So, you know, there are there are some good positives that we have to take out of this game. Obviously, there's no moral victories. It's disappointing that they lost. It's disappointing that they made stupid mistakes you know the penalties are a problem but you know I there's stuff to build on now so that's good we haven't seen that in a little while let's talk about the receivers Darius Lee in four receptions out of six targets for 61 69 yards um pretty good game from Darius he's definitely getting more involved so is Wandale how much do we all love having Wandale back he went eight for eight he caught every single ball that came his way for 62 yards Darren Waller out of seven targets, five receptions for 43 yards. That touchdown at the end really would have helped my fantasy team. Um, listen, the guy, the guy got held on both plays. It is what it is. Unfortunately, refs were super flag happy last night. We could talk through multiple different flags that were absolute BS calls. The Evan Neal one, I know we all want to hate on Evan Neal, especially when he did something wrong. He did not do something wrong on that play. That flag was ridiculous. Dable said the same thing. Like We all saw with our own two eyes. There was no reason to call the flag there. The refs were just a little flag happy last night. The, you know, when we get to the defense, the roughing the passer on Bobby Okurake was a joke. Like, it just is what it is. But, um, you know, like I said, the team is not good enough to overcome mistakes like that at this point. The bottom line is, you know, you don't lose a game because of a flag on the last play when the clock has run out. They had multiple opportunities in the red zone to score touchdowns and they didn't do it. If they had scored that one touchdown before the half, you know, it doesn't matter what would have happened at the end of the game. It would have been nice if they scored a touchdown that maybe they would have went for a field goal instead, you know, because they were already up at that point. So, you know, I don't, I can, we can all be absolutely pissed off and disappointed at the fact that the ref did not call the back-to-back -back flag on Darren Waller like he should have. However, the team had 59 other minutes to try to seal the game and they just didn't. So it is what it is. Learning opportunity. They got to be better next week. Um, Jalen Hyatt, finally, he had four targets, three catches for 21 yards. There's a lot of talk from what I've seen over, you know, the last like 15 hours, whatever, since the game has been over about, you know, Tyrod throwing the deep ball and Hyatt getting more involved and blah, blah, blah. 
couple things everyone needs to keep in mind. Number one, the offensive line was the best that we've seen them since the second half of the Cardinals game. And, and I'm not saying they were good. Like, they were not amazing by any means. They were serviceable, which we have not seen over the last few weeks, number one. Number two, we know that Tyrod is better at reading the defenses. He had a little bit more time last night to make the deep ball throws. Um, for all we know, that play calling was more involved this week than it ever has been. So we don't know the level of play calling that's been involved from a deep ball standpoint from then until now. And the last thing I want to say is that um, I forget what I was going to say, but oh, maybe it was about Jones. I don't know. Jones has, you know, the poor guy has been seeing ghost for the last five years, five weeks five years too. So, um, you know, Tyrod doesn't have the level of, I think, jumpiness and rattledness that Jones has because Tyrod has not been sacked nearly as many times as Jones has been. So I do think we're going to continue to see more Hyatt. This is what I wanted to say is that there was a lot of concern coming out of the offseason, OTAs, training camp, etc., that Jalen Hyatt doesn't know the playbook. Why is he not getting as many targets? Why is he not involved with the ones? Blah, 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 blah. This is my point. He was getting a lot of his targets during camp from Tyrod. So they already have a better connection from that, in my opinion, than Jones does with Hyatt. Now, that's not an excuse. There's still no reason why they should not involve Hyatt more in the offense. Like I said, I hope it continues week after week and we see more of him. But I do think that that's part of the reason why they may seem to have a better connection, just like Jones and Slayton have the best connection on this team. We've seen that pretty much since day one with them. Sometimes it just is what it is. Um, Barkley had four receptions out of five targets for five yards. Brett, Matt Breida, zero receptions out of one target. So overall, 24 receptions for 200 yards passing, you know, Again, you're not winning games if you don't score touchdowns. So things that they can build on next week, I really expect to see Justin Pugh signed to this roster. If he gets poached from our practice squad, the Giants will never hear the end of it from me. So I think they know better. I think they know. We all watched the game with our own two eyes last night. Um, I think that there's no doubt that Justin Pugh is an asset to this team and he needs to be on the 53 immediately. So let's hope we see that. Let's move over to the defense because the defense were really the superstars of this game and I think that they deserve a lot of credit. And, you know, I know there has been some complaints about Bobby Okurake that, you know, he was supposed to come in week one and really level up this defense and blah, 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 which I, I think that all of us had unrealistic expectations going into this season. Um, you know, I I think to some level, you know, at the time they were warranted, right? It's a playoff team. We brought in this better talent. But Bobby O'Kirke in the last two weeks has done a really amazing job. And this is the guy that, you know, all of us, I think, as fans, were super excited to see on this team. And I'm just really happy that for the defense, it's starting to click that way. And I think, you know, this is the defense that we're going to see moving forward. They're keeping the Giants in the games. You know, now it's up to the offense to really step up. You know, I don't, the defense is not perfect by any means. They still cannot get sacks, but, you know, they're making plays when it matters. So this is now the second week 
that Bobby Okurake has led the team in tackles and he also has a four, forced fumble. So one last week, one this week. Micah McFadden has been right there and recovered both of them. And he's another guy, you know, between the two of them, I just feel like we should really have some faith in this defense. Wink did a really good job last night, you know, corrected some of the mistakes and some of the issues that we saw last week against Miami. But at the end of the day, between Miami and the Bills, two really high-scoring, talented offenses, the defense has done a really good job of, you know, doing whatever they can, executing on the field to, you know, help to keep the team in and win some games. And, you know, it's, it's up to the offense now to really try and fix that. But Bobby Okurke, 11 tackles, 8 solo, 2 tackles for loss. Micah McFadden, 7 total tackles, 3 solo. Adoree, 6. Xavier, 6. Leo, 6. Pinnock, 4. Belton, 3. Jihad, 2. Cordell, 2. Darnay Holmes, 2. Trey Hawkins, 2. So, and then, you know, the rest of them, Sean Robinson, Dexter, Leo, Tay Banks, Nacho, Nick McLeod, and Boogie Basham um, all had one. So, 58 total tackles, four solo, two tackles for loss. And again, Bobby O'Kirke is the only one with tackles for loss. So, um, you know, luckily, Adoree's okay. That was very concerning when he went out. I was concerned when Belton went out, but he's okay. Um, the defense made out okay with injuries from what we know so far. And, you know, outside of Joshua Zudu, it seems like the offense did too. So let's uh, all keep our fingers crossed that there are no long-term issues with either sides of the ball because we all know that we cannot afford it. So, um, I, you know, I'm feeling good about the defense. I think we all should feel good about them. I think we also should feel like, you know, there's more that they could be doing. I mean, two tackles for a loss, like... Um, I still want to see more from them. You know, a guy like Kayvon, I understand that with Aziz out, you know, he's getting no help on the other side. You know, Wink had Isaiah Simmons lined up opposite him. He brought in Ward. You know, he's doing what he can from that perspective. But I think it's fair to be a little disappointed that Kayvon's not getting there. He's not putting as much pressure on the quarterback as we would like to see. And, you know, I think there's various reasons for that. I saw missed holding calls on him. Again, you know, it is what it is, but when you see, you know, when you see other teams get to the quarterback and, and Kayvon was supposed to be that guy, it's definitely a little disappointing. Um, he historically has played really well against the commanders, so I wanna, I wanna see him break out on Sunday against them. But someone else we need to talk about is Tay Banks. I know he only had one tackle, but he is a guy who week after week has gotten better and better. And I say week in and week out, like I am not expecting miracles from this team. I'm expecting them to play better than they did the week before. And Evan Neal did it this week. Um, Banks did it, Bobby O'Kurake, Micah McFadden, Wandale, Saquon. I mean, we could talk about all of these guys. Like, we're finally starting to see the little improvement week after week that we have been missing for like the first four weeks of the season. But, you know, I don't know what it is. I don't know if something clicked. I don't know if, you know, they're, they're finally sick of being embarrassed. I don't care what it is, what it took for them to get there, but they're there. 
and that's what I want to see for the rest of the season. I also briefly want to touch on the scuffle. There were a lot of heated um, mini fights, I guess if you want to call them, throughout the game. And it's interesting because they're not a division rival. I didn't expect to see that heat from a lot of the players that I saw last night. And, you know, people keep joking that the Giants are just the Southern version of the Bills and we got their coaches and their GM and players and this and that. So I, I think that a lot of Giants players maybe were going into this game with some sort of revenge feeling. And, you know, the defense was like, we're doing our job. It's up to the offense to do it. I'm sure they were frustrated. But I watched the replay a couple times of that whole scuffle with the defense, and I just was not even mad. I put this on Instagram stories. Like, if you follow me on Instagram, you guys know, but I'm just not even mad. Like, luckily, all the flags canceled each other out. I'm more mad at Darnay Holmes. Um, I'm, I, I, I just, like... The flags are stupid. I understand that. You don't want to see them fight. It's stupid. They're not disciplined, whatever. But it's the first time that I felt like the players were sticking up for their own teammates and they were willing to back up their own guys. Like we saw it from Nick Gates last year. We saw it from John Feliciano. Like, yes, sometimes they make stupid mistakes and they blow off the handle like real quickly like Gable does. But I also think like I would rather see that than see these guys mope around and see Xavier McKinney talk shit about the offense and, you know, hear these guys like taking it out on the fans, like take it out on the other team. You are getting embarrassed. Show some pride. Like you actually care that you're getting paid millions of dollars to be on this football team and do your job. And I was like watching them and I was like, good for you, Kayvon, good for you. When Dexter laid, I don't even know who it was, when he laid him out, I was like, yes, show some fight, some enthusiasm. When Dable was ripping into Tyrod, walking into the tunnel, into this, the into halftime, I'm like, yes, where has this been for five weeks? We haven't seen it. Good, someone lit a fire under their ass. Like I said, I don't care what it took, but I want to see the fight in them. And it's there, it's back. So that made me happy. <laughs> Darnay Holmes did not make me happy. You guys all saw this. We're on Instagram Live. When Adoree went out and I heard that Darnay Holmes was on the field, I was like, oh, here we go. Here we go. Um, and as always with Darnay Holmes, he has some good plays, but then he gets penalties. And the penalties just completely cancel out any type of good plays that he had. So I, you know, people were ripping on me in the comments, like they're gonna get me a Darnay Holmes jersey and like they're gonna get me a meet and greet and whatever. And I stand by this. I will support any player on this team if they can correct their mistakes. If Darnay Holmes, I will say this to his face, I will say it very nicely because I don't have a lot of balls, but I will, I will say to him, like, I will be your number one fan. I will do a 180 on Darnay Holmes if you stop it with the DPIs. Just, just cut him out. Don't get one for the rest of the season. I will buy a Darnay Holmes jersey. I will be in the front row cheering you on. I will be your number one fan. But the frustration with him is the flags. I mean, you guys saw it. You see it with your own eyes. Every time he's on the field, there's DPIs that were not there when Cordell Flaw is on the field. So anyway, that's my frustration with him. Everyone knows this already. 
Um, he did make a couple tackles. He did have some good plays. But, you know, this team as a whole, they can't make up for flags like that. And, and unfortunately, the way that the game is, you're going to get calls that don't go your way, whether, you know, you were involved with them or not. Like the Evan Neal thing, you know, like the pass interference or the roughing the passer call on Bobby Okurake. Like, unfortunately, that's just the nature of the NFL. So when you have the opportunity to not make mistakes and not get calls like the DPI, like you just... You gotta rein it in. You, you can't, gotta stop doing that, okay? Outside of that, very happy with the defense. I feel like I'm feeling confident going into the commanders. I feel like, you know, this is a team going in. There's no reason why we can't beat them. There's no reason. So I wanna see more from the defense. And, you know, I really hope that Jones is back. I hope that John Michael is back. I feel like we could be in a position where we could really see this offense maybe start to thrive, you know, with having some of those starters back. We have Saquon back. He played a ton of snaps last night, which I was not expecting. And it looks like he came out of the game fine. I'm sure he's going to be sore. I'm sure Tyrod, whatever, these guys are going to be sore, Justin Pugh. But, you know, they they can do it. They can, they can come out of this and be good. All right, let's wrap it up here with special teams. Special teams, I, you're, you might now be, I, I'm afraid to say this, um, you might now be my favorite side of the ball. I really liked seeing Paris Campbell back there on the return. I would have liked to see Shep back there too. You know, Eric Gray has had his struggles. He did well last night. But I think let's utilize some of these players that we're not utilizing on offense or defense. Let's use them on special teams, or else why are they on this roster and not the practice squad? I don't know. Um, one thing that I also, and I talked about this last night, was that not seeing Paris Campbell on the offense. Listen, I, I was his number one fan coming into this season. I thought he was going to lead this team in receptions, but I'm okay with not seeing him on the field. Give me Wandale. Give me, I'll take Shep. Give me Hyatt, Slayton. I don't care. Um, but it looks like Paris Campbell's kind of taken a step backwards and, um, you know, I, I like him better on special teams. So he had one kick return for 21 yards, which of course was the longest. Eric Gray had one for three yards, um, for the kick return. For the pun returns, Eric Gray had two of them, again, total of four yards. He fair catched a few. I am okay with that. Hold on to the ball. All I ask. That's fine with me. Graham Gano, our beloved Graham Gano, three for three extra points yesterday. Obviously, the only nine points that the team scored. Um, Graham Gano, Mr. Reliable, MVP of this team. Jamie Gillen, another guy who is going to be battling. If he continues the way that he's going, he is going to be battling Mr. Graham Gano for uh, Mr. Reliable and MVP of this team. Because out of four punts yesterday, 202 yards, two of them were inside the 20, 50%. I would say that's pretty good considering, you know, all of the ups and downs that we have seen from Jamie Gillen over the last year or so. And the longest was 64 yards. So I have no complaints about special teams. I will say the same thing that I say every week. This is literally all I'm asking for you. Just I'm I'm asking you to just not mess up. Like that's it. That that's it. Um speaking of messing up, Cam Brown. Enough. Enough. He's been grinding my gears over the last couple weeks. Questionable things. He got the flag yesterday. 
last week he's you know on the sidelines smiling when when they're getting embarrassed like I just and it's unfortunate because he's one of the better players on special teams so I need him to just like reel it in a little bit um that was one of their mistakes yesterday which I will not stand for Cam Brown so outside of that good job special teams good job defense Offense was okay. They didn't turn the ball over. You know, Tyrod had that one fumble, but he recovered it. You know, there's there's a lot of good things coming out of yesterday's game. And like I'm going to say, as I say every week, just build upon that. Build upon the good things. Improve on the mistakes. Get a little bit better than what we saw each week. So, you know, I feel better about this team. This is the best that I felt about them since, what was it, week two at Arizona? So, um, you know, I think we finally have some building blocks. We've seen some good things. The, the biggest thing that I want to see going into Sunday is Justin Pugh on this roster. He needs to be. He needs to be. He did a really good job yesterday. It took him a little while to settle in. He was unbelievable considering the fact that he literally came from straight off the couch. So Justin Pugh, we love you. Welcome back. Um, I think he's really going to be a difference maker on this offensive line, and I'm really, really excited about him. So I want to see him signed. I would love to see John Michael back. Obviously, we would love to see Jones back. And of course, um, Andrew Thomas would make a huge difference in this offensive line. So I will keep you guys posted. As always, subscribe here to my YouTube channel. Subscribe to my podcast. It's called Everything New York Giants. You can listen on all platforms. And follow me at New York Giants Fangirl on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Mm -hmm.